Welcome to What the Freak. Today, I am really excited for this conversation because I actually had a conversation with this special human a few months ago on Instagram Live, and unfortunately, the Instagram gods were not shining down upon us on that day, and the video disappeared, unfortunately. So I am excited to be joined by the lovely Rochelle today, or Shell for mm-hmm. short. Um, thanks for being here. I'm so glad we get to revisit this conversation. We're going to be diving into topics such as boundaries and consent. We're also uh, intending to talk about just kind of this end of year time we're in right now and just this unique time with the collective right now and what is unfolding. So I'm super excited to dive in. Um, but first, would love to just give you an opportunity to um, just introduce yourself, anything you want to share um, with the audience that you think they might want to know about you, and then we can dive in. Thank you so much, Nathan. Um, I'm really excited to be here today and having this conversation with you. I think it's a really important conversation. I'm really grateful we got to have it um, and get to have it again now and 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 share with others. Uh, and so just a little bit about me. Um, yeah, I'll, I go by the lovely Rochelle and I have, I'm a I'm a performer, I do burlesque, uh, I'm a dancer as well, and starting to dabble in music a little bit. Um, I am really passionate about boundaries. Um, in college, I majored in gender, gender and women's studies and wrote my thesis on sex education. So I'm really passionate about sex education, consent education, and diving into boundaries and their nuances. And I think we have a lot to learn about them as a collective and have been learning a lot about them over the last several years um, as this pandemic has gone on. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And yeah, I think I'll stop there, pause there. Cool. Right on. Mm. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Boundaries and consent um, is also a very important topic to me because growing up, I, um, as we've discussed, um, I felt that my boundaries were violated. And, um, you know, early elementary school, I started getting bullied both physically and emotionally. Mm. And, I think from just a very young age, I learned that I actually wasn't safe in my body. And and that's a very challenging way to move through the world. And and I know I'm not, I'm I'm far from alone in that experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And and fortunately have come across a lot of tools and experiences that helped me to heal on many layers of uh, those violation experiences that I had. Mm. Um, I think even back then, it's like, I wasn't even aware that boundaries were a thing. I was just showing up in the world with my energy, with my joy, and and not even realizing there was such a thing or there could be such a thing as boundaries and mm. consent and that, mm. you know, there were certain things happening to me that I didn't like, that, mm. that I didn't enjoy experiencing, but I didn't know how to stop them. And I didn't even know that that was within my power or mm-hmm. how, how to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of open up 
the conversation there to, with just a little bit of my background on, on boundaries and consent and one of the most um, early shaping experiences that I had around that topic. I um, would love to hear if there's uh, anything you want to share on your end to kind of set a, a foundation there. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, thank you for sharing that. And it's really, um, I can relate and had uh, similar experiences around that. I um, absolutely had boundaries crossed and don't feel like I had a lot of boundaries or similar to you said, like awareness of what boundaries even are um, when I was younger. And um, it wasn't it wasn't until I started getting older and started realizing and looking back on some of the experiences that I had had and looking back on how I felt in certain situations and how I felt in my body and um, or lack thereof, like wasn't present in my body. Did I realize that you know, boundaries are a thing. Um, we have autonomy over our body and our space and that there's so many different kinds of boundaries. And um, it's, it's. I feel really grateful to be having this conversation with you right now. And it does also feel uh, raw in some ways because there's a lot present here. And I don't think that the work ever stops. Like boundary work and then healing from boundary violations is kind of like continually ongoing and uh, I will say that uh, unfortunately the boundary violations that happened for me when I was quite young and moving up on through my life um, a lot of times involved family members and so I think that adds another layer that's really heavy and um, important to talk about so yeah I want to honor the um, the pain or the violations that we both have been through um, and all the violations that everyone has been through with boundaries in the world because it's, it's big. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm really glad that you shared that last piece too. Um, you actually probably have a lot more specific background and data on this than I do, but um, I remember one of my coaches or mentors telling me at one point about, um, you know, basically he was talking about, you know, there's this movement of, you know, really bringing to light um, these sexual abuse cases. And, you know, just recently we saw the verdict came through on the Ghislaine Maxwell case and you know fortunately she was found guilty on almost every count mm -hmm. and you know I think that's that's a small but important victory yeah. for for victims everywhere who have experienced these um, atrocious violations of their human rights and boundaries and their their mm -hmm. body bodily autonomy mm -hmm. um, and and what my my coach and mentor was saying was he's like Yes, you know, let's look at these types of cases and remember that most abuse happens with someone that that person knows. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, a family or a friend or a neighbor. Um, yeah. It's not this thing that's just out there and there's these like big evil people doing this. Like, yes, that is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, there are these, you know, sex trafficking rings and, and all that is is real. And, you know, it's happening in our communities. It's happening 
within the people that we know. And that's something that I think is, is still probably not talked about as much mm-hmm. um, because there does bring a whole new dimension of sensitivity to the topic of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure a number of things that you could probably speak to a lot better than I can of like fear of retribution or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever number of factors there are there. So I just wanted to um, take a moment to, you know, honor that and honor your bravery and even sharing that Mm -hmm. um, because I don't think that's an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I believe that it is, is helpful and healing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even if just one person hears Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe that gives them a little bit more validation and courage to pursue a deeper healing path for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank you for that. And I agree and I will share or say, you know, recently I was having a conversation with someone about um, some of this and some of the painful experiences uh, I went through when I was younger around boundary violations. And, um, you know, I think when we look at uh, horrible or sad or traumatic or atrocious things that have happened in our lives, the path of healing can look different and take different shapes. And this person kind of was posing a question of like, you know, you could go this route or you could go this route and kind of compartmentalize and be in a space where maybe you, you know, aren't talking about these things or going into this. Um, But for me, it feels really relevant and really healing and cathartic to talk about it. And I do believe that it's part of my path and part of my purpose. And it doesn't, yeah, it does feel like a big scary thing sometimes to dive into um, but I'm extremely passionate about it, and it's like a, something that I will, um, a cause that I will uh, fight for and take a stand on, and there's so much shame around it, and there's just so much um, kind of soaked in our culture of, of um, this uh, culture of silence around it because it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about, but... The reality is is that it does happen a lot and there's a lot of things to be done about it in systemic ways to try to help it and I think just talking about it sheds light on it so it's necessary and yeah so mm. thank you thank you for that and yeah I'm excited to dive in and um yeah, it's been it's been a year because <laughs> a lot of this has come come up more freshly this year. So, mm. yeah, kind of pause there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm really grateful for for someone like you who is willing to speak out on this. Um, I know in my life certain certain pieces of my healing path didn't even become available for me to explore until I heard somebody else talk about it. And so I just want to like really highlight and, and not underestimate the power of, like you said, just simply sharing mm-hmm. about your experience. Um, 
just yeah, simply sharing about your experience and how powerful that is and having a safe space to do that. I mean, obviously we're here on, on a podcast right now that anyone could pop in and listen to, but you know, it's one, one thing that I would love to see more of in the world is for, for every human to have more safe spaces to share whatever it is, like whatever it is that's coming up. Um, because I feel like there's just that's just a totally underserved human need mm-hmm. that that we all need because we've every person has been through some type of trauma or experience and some people mm-hmm. a lot more so than yeah. others and some around topics that are a lot more challenging to just talk about. Mm-hmm. And so that's like one prayer that I'm putting into 2022 is mm-hmm. is really that more spaces are created and the, the people who are ready for them are drawn to those spaces to be able to share um, challenging experiences they've had in their lives yeah. um, and how just how hard that is to keep all of that inside. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just festers. It just almost just gets worse over time when, when someone doesn't have a space to share that. And I feel like there's just so many people right now who have nobody, not even mm-hmm. one person, Mm-hmm. who they can uh, safely share certain things with because mm-hmm. maybe, you know, their guardians are, are actually also their violators. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that makes it very challenging to, um, you know, it's not a safe space to share. Yeah. So I just, I appreciate the work that you continue to do mm-hmm. um, and just your willingness to share Um one other thing I wanted to share that has actually come up for me very recently is um, I've been becoming aware that it's it's very likely that there's actually <clears throat> some kind of experience or experiences I had when I was very young related to sexual abuse, mm-hmm. um, which was not even in my awareness until literally this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I even... I, I was had a session with a really, um, really powerful um, psychic and energy healer uh, the other week, and she could even see that um, you know, and, and named specific a couple specific ages when I was really young, mm-hmm. when certain uh, events had happened. Mm-hmm. She couldn't even peer beyond that at that mm-hmm. time because you know, I, apparently, I'm just not ready to fully receive Mm -hmm. that information Mm -hmm. Um, but when she spoke to it it had already kind of been coming up for me it had already been kind of like like arrows pointing towards something Mm -hmm. happening when Mm -hmm. I was very young Um, like I said it's not even been in my awareness but I can see Mm -hmm. the effects of it it's almost like I'm getting more and more clear on like my energy and how I show up and specifically what my path around sexuality has been and how suppressed I felt most of my life Mm -hmm. and um yeah like it all kind of points back to there was probably some something happened when i was very young Mm -hmm. um that i blocked out um because it was just too much Mm -hmm. or or something um so i i it's it's made me even more deeply just reverent towards everyone's experience around their sexuality and and just you know growing up in this world like it's like i have no idea 
what someone has been through and why they are the way they are and mm -hmm. how something might have affected them. Even just one experience on one day mm -hmm. could change the course and direction of someone's whole life. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not even aware of my own experiences. Mm -hmm. So it's like I can only imagine like what other people's experiences might be. Um, so it's really just brought me to this space of just even deeper mm. humility and reverence towards other humans' experiences. Mm. And it's kind of allowed me to show up even more so from that space of, you know, you never know what's going mm. on in someone else's life. So just like treat everybody with kindness, treat everybody with respect because mm. you, you never know. Mm. Thank you for sharing that and I'm sorry to hear that and it's really it's it's heavy and I can um relate unfortunately I um kind of I'll kind of say like a few pieces I guess or things that came up um as you were talking just now or, or uh thoughts that it sparked and that I guess kind of first of all is that I agree and put that prayer and intention into 2022 to create more healing spaces for individuals to talk about their experiences in this life regardless of what those might be um, specifically around traumas that they've experienced and I think you know just kind of um, intuitively and from a from a balancing the scales if you will perspective it makes sense to me uh why and how speaking on these things is really cathartic and healing and it serves a greater purpose of raising the collective's awareness around these topics and bringing healing and shedding light on them and also for people who are survivors um who are victims of these things survivors and I like to use the word thriver because I like that mm. even better than survivor because I'm mm. like when I look at some of the experiences I've had in my life I'm like wow you know not only did I survive I'm thriving if you you know use this tapestry to compare against um some of the experiences you know that I've had in my life so um so yeah I share that intention deeply and think it's just really powerful giving um, voice to things and I um, uh, one thing that is really this is kind of a, a branch or a segment but it's been part of my healing journey is that it came into my awareness probably a couple of years ago that I um, was sexually abused as well when I was young very young and came into my awareness, heart, mind, spirit, and addressed that and uh, had, you know, brought it up to some individuals within my family system. And I, I shouldn't be like jaded about this, but like shocker, it wasn't necessarily received well. Um, and so a lot of times when people do bring these things up, you know, they're, they're gaslit or they're questioned or they're, um, it's, it doesn't, it's not, easy to bring these things into the light and there's a, a lot of sometimes investment in the people that it might be brought into their awareness of like no of course that didn't happen kind of thing and so the psychological uh, violations of boundaries I think is 
a lot of times just it's just as important to talk about and it interweaves with other boundary violations so there's that piece and that's kind of a really big topic there's lots of um you know rabbit holes we could go into with that and nuances there but it feels relevant to mention that and uh just also honoring both you and I's process and everyone's process who's experienced these boundary violations like trusting that things come into our awareness when they're meant to and when we're ready to look at them or heal them or step into awareness around them and I in my healing journey I will say I've gotten to a place of not always easier said than done but try to stay in a place of surrender and also gratitude for my kind of higher selves vision of the situation and realizing like wow things came came and come into my awareness around what some of these earlier traumas were when I'm ready like when my mind when my heart when my spirit when my soul has the bandwidth to process them and not a minute earlier and not a minute later so that's there's some kind of like divine um beauty in that you you know that might be a strange thing to say with juxtaposed with the 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 horrors of these of of boundary violations and of um childhood sexual abuse that's a you know but but seeing that kind of and having gratitude for that so Mm. yeah I'll pause there I, I really love this image that you just described of <clears throat> at least how I, I took it was you kind of like working in tandem with your higher self, um, with your higher self being kind of like your your guardian. Mm-hmm. And it this conversation is bringing up a lot for me around um, – And even just this word guardian has been coming up for me a lot lately. Mm. And there's many layers of it, right? Of like, like, you know, our our parents typically legally are seen as they are legal guardians, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or you could have another appointed legal guardian. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet we are also our own guardians. Mm -hmm. And, And then also there's the images of, you know, the guardians of the galaxy coming up too. And it's like, you know, the guardian, the protector, um, that archetype has really been coming up strong for me lately. And I've been really feeling the call to step into being a guardian more fully, more and more fully. And, And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And I think for me, it really starts with, um, and, and why I reflected back about what you were just describing is like being a guardian of myself, mm-hmm. being a guardian and protector of my own energy, my own body, my own boundaries. Because mm-hmm. as much as there, you know, I would like to think that other people can protect me. Um, they can to a degree. At the end of the day, I'm actually the only one I can truly rely on and that I'll actually be around Mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. um, and and that's 
kind of a challenging thing to sit with at first to know that like, wow, like no one else can actually provide me like true safety. Mm-hmm. I'm actually the only one who can do that. And, and me in communion with my higher self mm-hmm. and with God, with life, with the universe, um, that's really, if I had to guess, the only place that true safety could lie. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think there's a lot to that. It's much simpler said than done, but... But for me, the more that I lean into that um, consideration of truth, mm-hmm. the more safe and relaxed I actually feel. Mm-hmm. And the more that I, I open to the idea that there actually is like a higher self, uh, a version of me mm-hmm. that is working in tandem with, with God, mm-hmm. with the benevolent orchestrating force of the universe, um that that actually is a really solid connection mm-hmm. the more that I lean into that mm-hmm. and and it's been really teaching me a lot on how to be a better guardian and protector of myself of my energy mm-hmm. um and, and that for me has been a really healing experience um, because I think for most of my growing up years, I, I, in many cases, was looking outside of myself for someone to protect me. Mm-hmm. And I think that often fell short for two reasons. One, people didn't have good intentions or they had very uh, limited capacity on how they could actually mm-hmm. protect me or be a guardian of me. And, and I have had some great guardians over the years that I want to acknowledge, you know, my parents fortunately in this life have been really great guardians and protectors for me. I'm very fortunate because I know a lot of people don't necessarily have that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is one blessing that I've had in this life is to have really strong guardians um, with my parents and they have their limitations and they can only do so much, see so much for me, protect me so much from the world. Um, I had to go out and put myself in a lot of challenging situations because, you know, being overly protective by an outside force can actually also be limiting Mm -hmm. as well. So this whole topic around guardianship, I think, is really fascinating to me and has been a a lens I've been trying on that's helped me to provide greater safety for my body even just Mm -hmm. like touching different parts of my body and being like i got you like Mm -hmm. i'm here for you like i'm not gonna let anything Mm -hmm. happen to you and and i'm so sorry for the 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 harm and abuse you've experienced in the past Mm -hmm. and like i'm here to put a stop to that Mm -hmm. and that's been one of the most powerful practices that i've developed for myself lately is really just constantly reminding my body that like I'm here for you, mm-hmm. I got you, and I'm gonna do everything that I can mm-hmm. to to help you to feel safe, to help you to heal, to help mm-hmm. you to strengthen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if nobody else has you, like I've got you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I haven't been there for you in the past, like I'm here for you now, mm-hmm. and and I'm here to make up for that for all the times that I haven't protected you, that I haven't been here for you, you know, even if it was because I just didn't know how or I didn't have the capacity. Um, it's like I'm, I'm here to develop a greater capacity. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you for that. That's powerful. Um, I really love, I love that visual, that image and that concept. And I think I have been reflecting on that topic as well. And um, I think, you know, I will say that yeah, just what is it? What does it mean to be a guardian to ourselves and to others? And I think I'll speak to um, my experience, which is that there were uh, other people as well in my life when I was younger um, who were in the path of harm. And I think there was sort of a complex that I had of. I have to be the protector for myself and other individuals and since I was very young and while I understand that and I understand the psychology of that they're kind of for me now in my life with the juncture that I'm at with my own healing I have to continually remind myself like you cannot fill others' cups until you fill your own and you cannot be rushing in kind of like if you imagine like, you know, a chaotic thing or like a an ambulance or a crime scene just as an analogy and rushing in and trying to help this other person when you are not in a space to be able to do that and you haven't checked on yourself and you haven't checked on your own body and your own emotions and your own strength of energy or just anything around that and it can be kind of uh, a trap to have this feeling of, oh, I need to do, you know, do this work or step into this for dot, dot, dot for these other people. And it's like, actually, we have to do everything for ourselves. We have to protect ourselves. We have to work on boundaries and healing within ourselves. And by doing that, then we are in turn helping others and we are going to be showing up from a space of centeredness groundedness and the word sovereignty just kept coming coming into mind when you're talking Mm. about that just now and touching on what that means to be sovereign and recognizing like we are all um radically uh responsible and accountable for our own safety and we all have our higher selves and the relationship with our higher selves the higher power with god Whatever people's belief systems are um, around that and you know there's kind of that and then there is the space of like yes what does it mean to be a guardian over a younger person or a guardian over mm. a child or a guardian over someone else and there's such a great huge responsibility with that you know and people have made comments or things in the past of like oh you should have to you know, do X, Y, Z to become a parent or have to go through this training or have to do this to become a parent. And part of me can like bristle with that and say like, oh, well, no, you know, that's like taking away freedom of choice of an individual to have a child. But as strongly as I feel about protecting children and advocating um, for them, like I kind of agree with that in a way. (laughs) Like, yeah, there should be Mm -hmm. some kind of thing you have to do before you bring another life into this 
this world and I think if that were to be like anything hypothetically it would be like a, a, cl- a class on boundaries and a class on um, understanding what boundaries are how they're created how important they are and how we can't have them in certain areas unless we've developed like a rudimentary foundation of what what they are like where where I end and where you begin essentially Mm. um so I really love that and I it's a process I want to keep bringing bringing my higher self in to check on myself it's something I don't do often enough I'm working on it it's a process baby steps are better than big leaps (laughs) sometimes and yeah so thank you for sharing that, and that's powerful. This concept of a guardian, our own own guardianship over ourselves. Hmm. I'm really loving these deep mm. breaths. <laughs> Me too. They feel so good. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I, I just want to uh, briefly touch on a couple of things that you just shared that really uh, brought up some energy for me. And, and then I think I actually want to transition to a slightly different topic. Um, mm. I really love what you were sharing about focusing on yourself first and your own healing. Um, yeah, I'm more and more of a believer that, that unless I'm coming from a place of wholeness, I only have so much I can offer and, and most of the time feels almost like a waste of my efforts. If I'm not truly healed to a certain degree, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's always more layers and I think there is something to like you can be relatively healed around Mm -hmm. something you can be relatively competent Mm -hmm. around something Mm -hmm. Um, and and more and more I I just try to show up from the places where I know I can actually show up uh, from a place of true benefit because I've Mm -hmm. actually done that work in myself and I've come to a certain place of completion at least with that piece Mm -hmm. that I actually have something to offer Mm -hmm. from a genuine healed place it's like that that phrase you know um, problems can't be solved from the level of consciousness they were created Mm. I think it was Einstein or someone like that who said that (laughs) maybe misquoting there but um, I love it yeah, I, I've really been feeling that a lot more lately. And, and um, yeah, it, it really, I, I just notice where I'm, the places I'm coming to within myself lately and noticing mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I've been on a, a path of deep healing and transformation really consciously since my freshman year of high school about 17 years ago. Um, and I have reached certain levels of like oh like I'm healed Mm -hmm. Um, and there's other pieces that of course I'm still healing but 
Um, more and more, the people that I'm meeting, there's uh, there's actually a lot of humans I'm meeting lately who are getting to a certain place of healed mm. within themselves that they're actually prepared to serve in a greater capacity and from a place of wholeness. Mm. And yeah, basically, you know, anyone I have on this podcast typically is is coming from that place mm. in their own way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I kind of want to use that to transition to the topic of, you know, what's what's unfolding right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's uh, the last day of 2021, getting ready to step into the new year, leaving 2021 behind, stepping into 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a wild ride the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be coming up on the two-year anniversary of the the pandemic in the first shutdowns happening, you know, coming up this March. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I've just been doing a lot of reflecting lately on what does that mean and what's unfolding mm-hmm. um, presently as, as we're recording this. Um, the next wave of, of the virus mm-hmm. is um, spreading pretty rapidly. I think they said about two to three times more rapidly than mm-hmm. previous variants. Um, but the other interesting fact that's paired with that is that it seems to be significantly less severe mm-hmm. in terms of hospitalizations. I think there's a, one statistic I read, it's like 80% less hospitalizations. Mm-hmm. So it, it does seem to be spreading a lot more, but it seems like that it's not hitting as hard this time, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and so just like when I feel into the the energy of that and what's going on right now, like the hit I get, and I could be totally wrong and off my rocker, but, um, you know, the, the intuitive information I've been receiving as I've just am coming out the tail end, this is day 10 of when I first started experiencing symptoms, the first time I had caught the virus, and, you know, I haven't been... Uh, vaccinated and um, I trusted my body's ability to handle it and that was not the right choice for me Mm -hmm. Um, and you know it was uncomfortable for a couple of days but I fortunately got some ivermectin and some other supplements and just a lot of rest and hydration and just taking care of myself and Mm -hmm. moved through the worst of it in two or three days Mm -hmm. and then the last week has been as I was describing before we jumped on here Mm -hmm. just kind of a slow healing process where Mm -hmm. each day it was like new layers were coming to the surface Mm -hmm. um, to be seen, to be witnessed, to be felt, Mm -hmm. and to be released ultimately. Mm -hmm. And in this last week has actually felt a lot more connected to the collective healing experience that's happening right now for me Mm -hmm. than, you know, I'm sure there's personal pieces tied to it and I keep having personal pieces come up. And yet I feel like I'm more and more in tune with the collective energy right now, especially mm-hmm. I think with so many people experiencing it. It's, I, it almost feels like I have like a psychic connection to mm-hmm. everyone through this virus. I, I don't know, maybe that sounds weird to say, but like I, I just feel in tune because there's this collective human experience happening. And I just so understand now that I am one cell within a body. Like I am a cell within the body of humanity and quantumly I am connected to every other cell 
in the body. And to some degree, I can perceive and have an awareness of what's going on in the rest of the body. It's like I have the individual health of my cell um, and there's like a collective health of the body. And, you know, I'm doing everything I can to continue rising, you know, my my health meter of my individual cell so I can be of greater service to the cells around me um, and continuing to increase that. And I can sense where the collective health meter is at. And I actually feel really good about where we're headed, even despite this current, you know, outbreak. Um, more and more, I'm actually shifting my perspective on what is disease and what is a virus and what mm. is actually happening. And again, anyone listening, you can feel free to think I'm crazy or wrong or whatever, bring counter evidence. But like, you know, just this is a perspective that's been helpful for me and it's actually brought me a lot greater peace which is that sickness is actually not necessarily something we like catch a lot of the time. Like maybe there are certain cases where it's a little more, you know, blunt, just like, you know, you might have a blunt trauma, like an injury where you like fall and you hurt your knee or something like that. Um, But I think in terms of like the bigger picture, like what I've been getting is that sickness is actually something that already has been living inside of us Mm -hmm. it's already these patterns and frequencies and beliefs and messages and traumas like it's already living within us and it's actually just like being activated and coming up to the surface and there's like a certain breaking point we hit and then it's able to actually like be seen or felt or released Mm -hmm. And, and and coming out the other side of that we actually have the opportunity for our body to be cleansed and healed and actually um, let go of distorted frequencies that have been living within our body. Mm. And that's really what this last week has been for me. Mm. I actually continue feeling better and better as I honor my process and not fight it or think there's actually anything bad or wrong going on, but it's actually like a really good thing. And and that's more what I'm feeling on this variant as well, especially that we've, I think, kind of gotten through the worst first couple of variants where there was just a lot of gunk coming up for everyone, which I think can be very um, challenging and, and, and life-threatening mm-hmm. when it's just like all this deep collective stuff has been coming to the service that can literally send someone to the hospital because they mm-hmm. don't have the capacity to hold all of that mm-hmm. and the individual health of their cell may not be so great mm-hmm. that um, you know it might be difficult to handle but I think now what's happening how I view it is that cool like collectively we're actually have built a lot better capacity to handle what's coming up and and we can actually just like be with that more and and we can actually make even swifter healing progress um, as long as we're just like present with it and do what we actually need to do to take care of our bodies and our health um, and we're open to the alternative solutions that you know are a lot more effective with less negative side effects to them so that's just like a, a quick synopsis of some very fresh things mm. coming up for me lately, some very fresh like internal intel mm. that's been coming up for me lately around kind of this collective healing that's happening right now, this collective 
I don't even like using the words like disease and sickness as much mm -hmm. anymore because I don't want to feed those never-ending cycles of, of mm. undesirable reality. Mm. I think it's important to acknowledge mm. distortions and, and, you know, things that are happening in the body. And more and more lately, I'm like, how do we actually invest in health? How do we mm. actually invest mm. in our healing and growth and transformation and like further embodiment mm. of, of actually becoming the human species that we want to become? And, and again, anyone is welcome to, to disagree with that or think that, you know, I'm, I'm uh, wrong in, in how I'm viewing things. But I, I simply I feel such a call to just offer alternative perspectives on viewing things mm -hmm. that that might be helpful to certain people, yeah. you know, and, and to clarify, you know, I am actually a, a big supporter of of true science mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is properly applied and mm -hmm. understood within yeah. larger and larger contexts. Yeah. I actually worked in a research lab for my honors thesis in college, so I'm mm -hmm. actually very aware mm -hmm. of, of the scientific process and the value as well as the limitations mm -hmm. of that, you know, namely how narrow mm -hmm. a scientific study usually has to be in order to get any type of meaningful results mm -hmm. that Oftentimes, things are so taken out of context that they're not even appropriately applied. Mm -hmm. Or there's just a much larger context that we get so in a rabbit hole mm -hmm. of studying something based on certain foundational assumptions mm -hmm. that we're actually missing the real solution because it's not even within the realm of what's being studied. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel about this whole larger paradigm around disease is like we are studying disease and we are fighting against disease. Mm -hmm. We're not actually studying health and investing into health. We're literally investing in disease. Mm -hmm. And as brilliant as minds I'm sure we have working on things like vaccines and everything, mm -hmm. more and more I feel like I, I'm just curious, like I wonder if, if those very refined skill sets that these humans have developed could actually be applied in a different way that could be much more supportive mm -hmm. of actually moving the needle forward on becoming a healthier society. Mm -hmm. I know that was a lot, so feel free to pick <laughs> up yeah, anywhere you want to. Okay. I, there's, there's a lot there. Uh, there is so much there. Like I, I know. just opened up Pandora's box. <laughs> no. Sorry. I'm like, where sorry. am I going <laughs> to dive into the deep end, man? <laughs> no, it's great. You know, um, thank you. <laughs> I think. Oof. So I. Wow. Yeah. Where to start? Um, <laughs> there's a lot there. And thank you for sharing all of that. And I will kind of just bounce in or jump in with um, what feels relevant or kind of some pieces that I'll share, which is that there's a couple things. <laughs> Number one, I don't fully understand COVID. I don't think anybody does fully. <laughs> Same. Right? I, I'm like, just making my best guesses yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can say that there's things we 
do understand in life. There's things we don't understand. And there's things that we don't have the capacity to even be able to understand. And I think this is like, it's been going on for, like you said, about two years now. And um, there's a lot there. I do believe that humanity is ascending right now and evolving. And there is an evolving uh, process that is underway in human consciousness and our, like where you kind of alluded, like where humanity is going. And I feel like COVID in a way has been a catalyst for a lot of change, a lot of introspection for people, a lot of analyzing what's working and what's not working in their life, a lot of looking at um, how we've our society in so many ways is designed around doing and not being and this kind of call to slow down and one friend of mine um, who is a guide and a mentor had a conversation with them this year about it and their their thoughts on it are, was basically that you know they said getting the virus was one of the the greatest blessings that happened to them because they had really a different perspective on a lot of stuff on the other side of it and that really what it is is just a call to slow down and i think that there's so much like push back against that in our society in a lot of different ways and a lot of different um agendas for why people might not want that to happen and I over the last few weeks I'm just going to jump to the piece that you said about tapping into the collective's energy um, because over the last few weeks I've been in an interesting space of not feeling 100% energetically but not also necessarily feeling sick and having a few things that are so subtle that I'm like is this a symptom do I have COVID and then I ha had gotten a test about five days ago and it was negative and I as this whole thing has progressed I've really continued to try to come into a space of checking in with myself checking in with my body checking in with my intuition and asking like what's going on right now is it safe for me to be around other humans? Do I need to stay home today? Do I? And I think at the end of the day, we all have the ability, ability to do that. We all are able to check in with our bodies and check in with our intuition and check in with what's real and what's present for us and what's coming up. And that might look different than the messages that we're told from the outside um, from external sources, whoever and wherever they may be. Um, and I believe every human has the ability to check in with themselves around that. And it's not really that disconnected from what we were talking about earlier around boundaries and uh, sovereignty and guardianship over ourselves. And that feeling of like n sensing maybe when our boundaries have been crossed that similar mechanism for checking in with that within ourselves I think also has to do with COVID in some ways and I was talking with another friend this is just another tangent but last night actually and the conversation came up and this friend said COVID is really just an um, a collective test and exercise around empathy and mm. sensitivity and I thought that was really really fascinating and felt uh, 
really relevant. So um, there's one more piece I guess I'll tie into in, in how I'm relating to how I've been feeling over the past few weeks is um, I feel like I haven't necessarily gotten the virus, but I've been skirting around it in the sense that I've been tapping into the collective's energy around it. And um, we're not very comfortable with death as a society. We don't talk about death that often, or if we do, it's sort of like you're reading a picture book and you're flipping through all the pictures and then you get to the page that says like the end or death and it's sort of like, and it's like everyone Mm. pauses and it's like, whoa. And I think that we are um, getting more comfortable with it, right? There's, there's, There's been death and loss over the last several years and there's been this kind of collective energy of like in order for things to be birthed and for new things to come in, things do have to leave. And it's, um, it's just something that I, I, I kind of want to use the term you use because I really like that move the needle forward on collectively as a society getting to a place where we're more comfortable talking about that and looking at why we're so uncomfortable with certain pieces of the cycle and endings and um, our relationship to, to fear and to fear of death and like taking accountability over our health and our life to the fullest feels like we can't necessarily go there until we've gone into a space of of healing or looking at our relationship with with death and um, and grief I feel like COVID also ties into a lot of things around grieving and I feel like we are moving so much is changing in our world and our society right now and there's been a lot of there's been a lot of death there's been loss there's been a lot of trauma that we've all suffered collectively and we are sort of like whoa we don't like what do we do with all this trauma and all this grief and it gets overwhelming so to speak to like what you said about sickness coming out in the in the body i do believe like that resonates what you said 100% like it's not so much it's more like it's always been there and it's these things coming out when they come out because they need to be um cleansed um healed and and worked through um and One more piece that I'll touch on that I feel really passionately about and has continued to feel relevant, I guess, for me um, with COVID or with the way some things have played out in this pandemic is that I think the conversation 
around the vaccine and whether someone's made the choice to be vaccinated or not um, is a personal choice and it's a health choice. And I think there's kind of an interesting turning point that happened where um, there became a lot of, I want to say, value or moral value associated with like stating to people that you have or have not gotten the vaccine. And I think we can perhaps all slightly agree that it's been politicized, which is unfortunate. And it's also become very divisive. And um, I stand by strongly the viewpoint or the feeling of like whatever choice someone wants to make is is fine and that's up to them and that's the point it's their choice they have to make that choice and whether or not they share with folks what choice they've made on a personal health decision is not really any different than telling someone whether you've ever been pregnant before or whether you've ever had an abortion or how you feel about xyz or what kind of pharmaceuticals or herbal supplements you might be taking for a mental disorder you have those are all things that are personal not like Mm. like what's the agenda of making it public i guess so i think there's relevancy in that Mm. um and like you said anyone i would say to anyone on this podcast you might be hearing what we're saying and be like no this is hogwash i disagree um you know, and that's fine, and that's okay, and um, and I think that we are all going through this collectively, and we are also not all experiencing it the same, and have not all had the same experience with this, and do not all have the same feelings of what some of the deeper nuances are going on with COVID and that's maybe an unsettling or like dark or kind of heavy or might feel strange or odd to say that or to sit with that but Mm. yeah Mm. Yeah, I I really appreciate you bringing in the piece around grief and and this collective grieving we're going through and and also the piece around death and us being such a death-averse culture based over here in the U.S. Um, It's not the same in in other countries, other parts of the world. Um, It is interesting how we are so there's so many paradoxes here right like we're so death averse Mm -hmm. and yet we're also like one of the most unhealthy societies like we're not even living fully Mm -hmm. in terms of like our health Mm -hmm. um so that's an interesting uh uh, paradox to look at contradiction Mm -hmm. and we're so grasping and clinging like i get such a grasping clinging energy when I really feel into our society, our culture here, and and we're so 
living in the future and in the past a lot more than actually in the present. Mm-hmm. And and one one example, one kind of maybe strange example I want to bring in that is, is just coming up, and I feel like there's something interesting here, which is um, in our society, when you work a job, like like you from a young age start putting away towards your retirement, right? Like you put money in a retirement account that you actually can't even touch until you're, what, 65 or something? Mm-hmm. Um I find that interesting. And, and then finally, when we get to the age of 65, at least a majority of the people in our society, we're already so worn down and beat up and like in such bad health that, that at that point, you know, that money is just basically used to help us try and maintain <laughs> some type of like relative quality of life. But Definitely, I would. I don't think most people would consider themselves thriving at that point. Um, I just like what. Just as a thought exercise, what if? And this is literally what I'm doing in my life. And and people feel free to judge me and my choice to use my finances in such a way. But like, I actually don't feel called to invest in any type of retirement accounts right now. Um, and yeah, a lot of like our typical financial advice would be that's like a very, that's a very poor decision, right? That's not a smart thing to do. But what I'm actually doing with that money instead is I'm taking that and I'm investing that into my health and well-being right now. Mm-hmm. I'm actually investing in the things that will over time continue to build a more and more robust health in all ways. Um, and as I continue to improve, like, the overall health and well-being of, of just my beingness, mm-hmm. I will continue to rise in my ability to provide value to others and have be provided for in, in any ways that I need to. So I'm actually not worried about retirement. My retirement plan is to continue to become the best version of myself, to continue to refine my skills and my crafts, mm-hmm. to continue to improve my health. So I have a lot more excess and abundance to give on any day. Mm-hmm. And, and I can actually be of greater service to the society and provide more and more value to the society, which in turn will provide value back to me in the ways that I need to. Mm-hmm. What if instead of putting all these resources that are kind of just stale resources, right? They're just that are sitting in someone's account for 30 plus years, 40 years doing nothing. Mm-hmm. doing nothing actually in this world mm-hmm. until we get to the point of being able to access those funds, mm-hmm. which I think that whole system is breaking down very quickly from what I understand. It's like not, it, it just seems so weird mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. that why would you like, like I understand the principles behind it, mm-hmm. but I think it also is just like a window into how our society functions and what our relationship is with our resources, with our health, with our bodies. Mm-hmm. And how we're just like putting it off Mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, doing all the things that wear our body down over time. When we know how possible it is to be 60, 70 years old and thriving. Like we have Mm -hmm. the examples. Mm -hmm. I see it all the time at my brother's races. You have these 70-year-old guys out there running 100-mile races Mm -hmm. regularly. And they're happy and they're healthy and they're thriving. And I think just enough people don't even realize that's possible. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to present that example mm-hmm. just because I feel like the energetic of that, I mm-hmm. think, gives a valuable perspective on more and more how I'm 
shifting my views on our society and it's making me question how are we investing our resources mm-hmm. personally and collectively? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and let's, I, I like playing things out till their end. And this will be kind of my last example. And I'd love to hear what's coming up for you. But, um, you know, on, on the vaccine thing, just to address it, it's like, um, you know, I understand at least the basics of what a vaccine is and what it's meant for. I understand, you know, the science behind it. I understand how, amazing some of the developments have been to develop something like an mRNA vaccine. Like I understand all of that. And if we keep playing this out over the course of 10 more years, and that is where we're investing such a huge amount of resources, is that actually going to get us to where we want to go? And my gut feeling very, very clearly is no. Mm like our ladder is up against the wrong wall. We're investing our resources, no matter how well-intentioned they are, Mm -hmm. into a vehicle that's never gonna take us to our destination. Mm -hmm. And and, and that to me is really how I feel at this point, like so much respect to Mm -hmm. however anybody views that whole situation, Mm -hmm. whatever personal choices people make for themselves. I don't know what's right for you in this moment for the short run or for the long term. Mm -hmm. And I know for me and for more and more of the people I most trust, admire, and respect, there is is a call right now to make a shift in where we're investing ourselves. Where are we investing our resources, our time, attention, energy, health, money, connections? Like, Like, where are we investing ourselves? And is that if we're honest with ourselves, actually getting us to a place we want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the the piece that probably the if I had to try to name the biggest disconnect that I can see in this moment is there is not enough people who actually believe in a society that is fundamentally different than the one that we've been living in for literally centuries. I think that is the biggest missing piece I can see right now for us to actually make this shift more swiftly. There's not enough people who actually believe that our our society, our species can function in a way that is wholly benevolent and good and supportive and helpful and happy and healthy, that literally that could be a possibility for every single human being on the planet. There are not enough people who believe that that's possible. There's actually relatively very few people who I think truly believe that and see that and feel that. And I think for better or worse, um, and I'm not a very black and white person, but I think unless we get more and more people to believe in a possibility like that, we're actually not going to make the decisions collectively that's actually going to get us there. Mm-hmm. I'm, right. We can't, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. all you believe is that we're just going to more or less keep yeah. just swirling around in the same kind of half fulfilling mm-hmm. society, mm-hmm. like that's all that's ever going to happen. And all the choices we make, you know, from a short, narrow perspective seemingly make sense, yeah. but it's not going to get us anywhere different, not anywhere fundamentally different mm-hmm. and not in any type of significant way. Mm-hmm unless we actually believe in a totally different operation of how society can function. And I'm fully a believer that we are in an evolution, a major evolution. We're going through a narrow passage right now. And 
you know, I'm pouring all my resources into that there isn't a miscarriage, you know, that mm. we can actually fully get through this birth canal um, as we're rebirthing as a society. And, and But you have to believe in what's on the other side. And if we don't believe in that, we're going to just stay trapped and get stuck and, and, and swirl, swirl ourselves around until all of our resources are spent and we have nothing left to spend. Um, so, yeah, that's just uh, to drop in some more... Uh, energetic pieces of, of what's been coming up for me lately. Uh, mm. Mm. <sighs> wow. Thank you for that. That's, I'm like, where to go with that? Because, man, <laughs> touched on so many incredible things there. Um and so much that I agree with and relate to. And I think I'll just kind of, um, where do we even go? Yeah, so I'll actually back it up and speak about finances, which is an interesting mm. topic for me. That's a juicy one. Been doing a lot of shadow work around finances this year, really looking at a lot of patterns in my life, looking at relationships I've had with money, looking at what money means to me, what it energetically symbolizes, attachments, traumas, stories, narratives, uh, understanding why I've made some of the choices and patterns in my life around it. And um, I don't, I don't either have a retirement account. I'm not, um, I'm not currently in a, in a nine to five type position or in a job where that is offered. That's something that I could have. I realize there's other choices I could make to set that up for myself. Um, but I mean, I, I agree with you. I, it's it's always kind of seems really strange to me. I've kind of always been like, why would you do that? Not in a not in a sense of thinking like, oh, it's bad to provide for your future self and to take care of your future self and have money set aside so that you can live. Um, and or but but and and uh, we're the world is in a really interesting place right now. There's a lot of evolving happening. There's a lot of shifting happening. Financial landscapes are happening. Cryptocurrency is a thing. It's been a thing for several years, but I feel like it's going to be more of a thing and it is becoming more of a thing rapidly. It's just the landscape of what things are going to look like financially. I feel like in like five years from now, 10 years from now and down the road, like we don't know, like financial investors and people who study the market and these things like could, you know, make make assumptions and make guesses that feel more, you know, that by, might are definitely better educated than what my predictions or beliefs might be. Um, but it, it's it hasn't there's a piece of me that that struggles with um, with future planning financially. And I understand part of that has to do with uh you know, past traumas and, and narratives that I hold around money. Um, and I would say some of my abuse in my earlier years was around finances and being financially manipulated. And I understand that. And that's really deep. And that's a whole other rabbit hole. Um, but there's this other part of me that's just not really ever wanted to, like, buy into this concept of, like, we need to build an infrastructure for ourselves for the future because – we don't know we don't know what the future is going to look like it's important to believe in a future and a part of me has always believed 
in a future where we are coming together as a collective way more. And a part of me has never liked capitalism and always thought that it's just absolute trash because it it, it involves sacrificing human bodies and health at, 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 the, at the cost of 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 money and greed and productivity and that's not saying that all of me hates capitalism and that i don't see that it has some benefits like no there i'm not going to make black and white statements about this kind of thing but i am going to now kind of jump to the piece that you were saying about enough of us don't believe yet that we can create a future where we are all interdependent on each other and we are all completely free and completely healthy and sovereign and operating um, from a place of deep connection and humanity and sustainability and oneness with the earth. Like I think there are a lot of us that do believe that is possible and feel and know in our hearts it's somewhere we're heading there. It's happening. It's happening. And a lot of people like don't feel that or see that or believe that. And um, to kind of go full circle and it it just might sound dark, but to come back to that death energy that I I do believe there there are there are people and souls that are leaving this plane right now. And and we all have a time. We don't know when our time's gonna be. And coming from a space of living in fear or in trying to guess what things are going to look like rather than really rooting and being invested in the present moment and what's relevant and how we can be making connections and coming from a space of living in the heart and believing in humanity and believing in the power of connection. I think that's a really big thing and that kind of goes full circle and jumps back mm-hmm. around to to COVID and this pandemic and looking at and the fact that we've been not able to connect physically with each other as much these past several years um, as an entire globe and in human world and just the the effects that that's had and like how much we need connection like we are so deeply wired for social connection and so i think that it's not a mistake and maybe ironic but um happening for a reason that this pandemic is going on coinciding with this sort of evolution in human consciousness and creating a different kind of world in future um, we have to all go inward and like just continue to examine our own connection with ourselves and connecting with others. Like what is our relationship to connecting with others? Like Mm. are we allowing ourselves to show up in like the deepest like vulnerability and authenticity and closeness when we connect with others? And that doesn't mean that that has to happen like in the physical, um, but like it's ideal (laughs) for it to happen in the physical. Like that's, so yeah, I'll kind of stop there. I know that's kind of vague and like big topics that I'm just throwing around, but kind of that's thoughts that came up with all that you're saying. And and also I just, I'll just speak and say like, I really admire the thoughtfulness that you have put into and the intentions of saying, okay, I could be putting this money into a retirement account, but it makes so much more sense and resonates so much more for me to be putting that 
that money or those resources into my health now because my body is my retirement account. My, <laughs> my, my human vessel on this lifetime is my, you know what I mean? So I just love that. And I think that's that's kind of getting the wheels turning for me around some some investing in in my own in my own health in some new and deeper ways in the coming years. So mm. thank you. Yeah. And I'll pause there. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> yeah, to, to even take that piece one step further. Mm-hmm it would actually feel irresponsible of me to take my money and not put as much of it as I can into like improving my own state and well-being mm-hmm. in this moment, especially at mm-hmm. such a crucial time we're all in right now. Like I want to be mm-hmm. as supportive as I can possibly be mm-hmm. to the collective and in order to do that, I need my body to be as strong as possible now and healthy as possible and to like continue doing my deep healing transformation work mm-hmm. in as rapid of a pace as I can to just like mm-hmm. put that money in some account that I'm going to touch 30 years later mm-hmm. actually seems very fear driven and very scarcity driven. And, and, and this the caveat here, right, is like, you know, I, it actually doesn't feel good for me to be broke. Like I actually, you know, want to have enough of a cushion that I mm-hmm. don't feel like it's negatively affecting my nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm a little less risk averse than a lot of people. So I'm like willing to ride that edge a bit more and to stretch myself. Mm-hmm. But that feels actually good to me in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a constant flow of funds coming through my life. And I'm just figuring out how to be the best steward of my resources in this moment and really be here mm-hmm. and really be present and really be more in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to touch on uh, the uh, other piece you were just talking about around connection and even like physical connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been a really interesting piece of this that I think has really maybe even given us all a basic training on boundaries. If that's like one perspective I could look at it, mm-hmm. it's like, through disconnection, we've actually learned, um, you know, when does it feel good or okay to be within someone's personal space? Like it's given us some type of basic energetic awareness of other people's mm-hmm. beingness and their energy and their space. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, despite whatever one's views are on mass and distancing and all mm-hmm. of that, like it has, I think, brought in in a very basic way, like awareness of other people's space. And I think that's actually could be a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> and and yeah. the other piece I want to bring in on that topic is this whole piece around virtual reality mm-hmm. and the metaverse and, and all of that that's unfolding right now. I think that at least a lot of people I know and hang out with, um, when like, you know, Facebook announced Meta, there was generally a kind of negative reaction towards it. So I think we could all kind of sense like it's it's going in this weird direction right now where we're becoming more disconnected from our human nature. Mm-hmm. We're like transferring more and more of our attention into this digital world mm-hmm. that we're actually like 
in a way that actually is like losing connection with our bodies mm. where it's like the, that image of like the person with the VR headset on mm. who's like fat and eating junk food and they're sitting in their, mm. you know, living room on mm. their couch and their places a pigsty, like, mm. you know, but they're in the VR world, they're this like rock star, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, there's just such a disconnect, right? Mm. And so um, another one of my prayers for 2022 is actually that we, as we continue, because I don't think technology development is going to stop. I don't think that's a reasonable thing <laughs> to even consider. <laughs> um, just, yeah. yeah. So so assuming that, that technology is going to continue to do its thing and advance at a more and more rapid pace, mm-hmm. um, and AI is going to evolve, and VR is going to evolve, and AR, my prayer is that we actually leverage technology and our relationship with it in such a way that we actually become more embodied Mm. that we use it to enhance our human experience in our bodies Mm. because i actually believe that our bodies are the most advanced piece of technology that we have like literally none of this would exist without human bodies existing first i always bring myself back to that it's Mm. like this microphone would not exist without this flesh and bones Mm. human body. Mm. Like this is literally the vessel that builds skyscrapers and rocket ships and microphones Mm. is literally this body. Like it has to be greater than any technology we can come up with. And and I think is only going to become a more and more profound advanced technology. I think our bodies Mm. are extremely advanced and we're only just beginning to understand what their capabilities are. Mm. And, And we don't even do anything close to justice to honoring and acknowledging what they can do now like literally our hands have built skyscrapers Mm -hmm. and spaceships that can go to like mars and the moon like it's wild you know and these advanced medical technologies it's like those are brilliant innovations those are brilliant Mm -hmm. technologies that were built by human hands and you know where is that leading us like are we actually using our power of of the gods in such a way that will support our continued evolution or are we off track in some way? Mm. Yeah. So prayer for deeper deeper embodiment in 2022 and building a relationship with our technology and with each other in a way where we really value human connection and going deeper within our bodies Mm. and increasing our capacity for the human experience like that, I think could be a really unifying mm-hmm. intention and focus if more and more people could really um, mm-hmm. choose that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, yes, I echo that. <laughs> I echo that that prayer and that intention um, for 2022 and I'll kind of just, you know, throw in some astrology into the mix, Ooh. kind of throw a curveball in. Yeah. Um, but so one thing that happened recently, it was just a few days ago, actually, but the planet Jupiter entered the sign of Pisces and Pisces has to do with, you know, the spiritual realm and, and our intuition and our psychic abilities. And Jupiter is the planet of like kind of like abundance and success and like driving forward. So I think that kind of speaks that's like a side note about where human consciousness is going right now and the evolution of um, of our relationship with 
with connection with each other and also our uh, evolution and consciousness and our own, you know, psychic abilities, um, intuition, embodied um, relationship with the parts of us that aren't just our skin, like like deeper than that is kind of a piece. But um, we are also, depending on the astrologer you talk to, there's different people have different viewpoints on this, but we're in the age of Aquarius now. And it technically started last year. And a big theme collectively around that is like our relationship with technology as a human collective. Because mm-hmm. like you said and kind of, you know, hinted at and and just stated actually like like it's not going backwards. Like our relationship with technology and how many advancements are happening in technology is only going to just continue to skyrocket and evolve and there will be more. And it's powerful what we have um, with technology and all the things that we can do with it. And there comes, there's always been, you know, questions of responsibility and due diligence and ethics when we have the use of technology in a powerful way. Like, what are we using it for? Into what, to what means and to what end? And there is kind of this large collective struggle and um, scenario that we have playing out right now that I think will continue to play out in 2022 and beyond of like, are we using, like you said, technology to connect more with each other or are we using it to take us completely away from from human connection, from uh, being in a space of feeling embodied with each other and with ourselves and we'll see what happens but i know i know the world that i want to want to be a part of and want to build and want to um you know co-create co-create with my higher self and co-create with god and co-create with other humans is a world that takes us way way deeper into connecting with each other and going you know back into a space of decades and centuries before when like computers weren't a thing and cell phones weren't a thing and and we were connecting deeper with each other I want to I think there's hope for what uh, that looks like and I think there is going to be a conscious decision that every person every soul is making on some level of like what is their relationship with technology and what do they want it to look like and what do they want us to use technology for in the world and I just encourage folks to like ask themselves that question and it might sound like the smallest of things or the biggest of things but like it can be something small like how often do you check your phone every day to something you know big like maybe you work in a company where your company or your job is is developing a huge new whatever it might be, machine or technology that's that's cutting edge and, you know, encouraging people to, like, go into that and, like, do your due diligence and use your intuition and listen to your heart and your higher kind of self about, like, what's the – where is this going to go? Where is this going to lead humanity? Like, where mm. – um, is this is this creating something that can can open the door to more connection or is this taking us down a path of less connection and i think there 
without sounding like too grim or grave, I think there are dire consequences of of choosing the other path because technology absolutely can kind of um, take over in some ways. And in some ways I would argue like already has in certain realms of the of, of or spheres of life and just like getting honest with ourselves about like, okay, where do we want to go with that or where – Hmm. You know, where, yeah, I'll stop there. But that just kind of sprung up. <sighs> yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge the potential dire consequences of basically just continuing down the path that we've been going down for a long time and, and um, our, you know, recent um I don't know, when I just look at our current relationship with technology and still like what it is in this moment overall, mm-hmm. it, it does concern me about where we're headed. And, and I think as the technologies become more powerful and we, you know, come closer and closer to whatever, you know, you know, AI is and the singularity and, and all of that, um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a choice point for humanity. I think it could go one of two ways. I think it could go... Um, down a very dystopian, destructive path, you know, mm-hmm. when we develop technology to the point where it can be recreating itself, uh, which already is in cer- to a certain capacity, and it's more becoming more and more autonomous. Um, if it's not, if we're not guiding that technology properly, it will, it it will bite back. It will, um, I think, ultimately be our demise. Yeah, not to be grim, but like I think that legitimately what is what will eventually happen mm-hmm. if we continue down the um, current relationship we have with it. I think on the other end, if we can somehow infuse like these deep, supportive core values into the technology we're creating, if we can somehow program in benevolence and guardianship and sovereignty like into our technology if we can figure out how to do that then i think that actually sets us up for a very bright future and and i think technology could actually be one of our greatest allies moving forward if we can really build the right relationship with it um then it becomes not an enemy but an ally and i I truly believe in that um and, and the last piece i wanted to touch back on because um, I think there's just it's so important there's so much there and, and maybe that's it's kind of the last topic we can um, touch on a bit more before wrapping things up but um, you know human connection is so important and mm-hmm. so powerful and I think human connection in and of itself is almost like a technology like when I get together with other resonant human beings like like there's just this magic that happens where all of a sudden, like, I'm elevated to, like, a higher version of myself than I've been before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's only going to become more and more of a thing as we move forward, as we all, you know, I think there are a lot of more um, advanced beings on the planet right now. And I think that everybody's growth path is being accelerated right now. Every single human being's growth path is being accelerated and we're all rising in our intelligence, in our compassion, in our empathy, in our um, ability to actually like be of service to the collective. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when 
resonant humans come together, there's this, you know, greater than the sum of the parts thing that happens. And I'm experiencing that more and more myself. And um, I think that it is so important that we invest in human connection, mm-hmm. um, which I think in the past has sometimes seemed like a, a frivolous thing, right? Or just mm-hmm. like, oh, that's just like not not that important. Um, but I think it's only going to become more important mm-hmm. that we be connected to our own bodies uh, with other people mm-hmm. and and really I think ties it back to our original topic of boundaries and consent and communication and and even intimacy. Um, I think these are going to become really more and more important topics moving forward. Mm -hmm. I know for me in 2022, uh, one new path I'm going to be exploring is actually um, going into temple space, which I don't know how familiar you are. Um, for those listening who are not familiar with that term, uh, basically uh, a temple space is a very intentionally created space mm-hmm. that is typically centered around sacred sexuality mm-hmm. and um, communication and and just basically exploring, you know, deeper parts of the human connection, like starting with oneself, starting with one's relationship with one's own body, mm-hmm. one's own energy one's own sexuality, uh, one's own sensuality, just like really learning to tune into one's senses more, learning to really be with one's own desire, to be with one's own energy and, you know, both like their your desire as well as like your, your limitations, your current limitations of like what your capacity is mm-hmm. for human connection experience. And um, yeah, my intention with um, going through, you know, having some more of these experiences is to become more trained in in being able to create spaces for people to explore human connection in a way that's not super present right now. I think Mm -hmm. our options for exploring human connection in our society are, are very limited you know typically it's you know go out to a bar and drink alcohol so you can let your inhibitions down enough to actually experience some type of human connection you desire and i think it's just so unfortunate how specific of of conditions are usually required Mm -hmm. for certain types of human connection and also Mm -hmm. paired typically with you know substances that for a lot of people can have negative effects um, you know, and that's not to be judgmental or to say that like alcohol in and of itself is a bad thing. I think um, it can, I think people can have a healthy relationship with that thing. Um, and I think overall that is uh, a very abusive relationship uh, for a lot of people, even if they're not willing to admit that or, or not able to notice that or, or just don't even see how that's they have a very limited context within which they can have certain social or human connection experiences. So, um, yeah, I just feel like the more that we're able to tap into our own um, connection with ourself in our body and as well as with others, like that I think is going to be part of the bigger solution of how do we move forward in such a way where we build a relationship with our technology, with our society, with our systems, with our structures 
that really value human experience. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that it's almost strange to me how much we don't put the human experience as like a top priority mm -hmm. in how we live our lives and how we design things. Mm -hmm. It's almost like we're designing things more for the aesthetic mm -hmm. or for the performative mm -hmm. nature of things um, rather than for the actual, like does this actually enhance the human experience? Mm -hmm. Is this actually mm -hmm. creating a better experience for all involved? Mm -hmm. it, it almost blows my mind how much that's not a focus. Like mm -hmm. it's always somewhere in the mix but it's usually not like one of the top priorities. There's, you know, productivity or profitability or mm -hmm. even just like beauty can, can be a higher priority than the total human experience. Yeah. So um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts or feelings on the importance of human connection and the human experience and like how you see that playing out over the next year or just like moving forward And, and there was Thank like timeouts I didn't even go that I want to go, like loneliness and like yeah. there's like so many different subtopics there, but I just you know, yeah would love to hear stick. like whatever the most resonant things that are coming Thank up for you. you. <laughs> yeah. Um so wow, yeah, that was <laughs> I love that. Um Um Thank you for sharing all that and that all really like is making me think about a lot of different things and 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 also feeling into kind of what we've seen uh, play out over this past year with human connection, you know, and kind of, again, just like touching on, you know, what's gone on with the pandemic and isolation and quarantining and not being, or being able to um, connect or commune in gathering spaces and then things opening back up. And now there's a lot of communities where there is kind of these intentional spaces occurring where humans are gathering with with an intention to connect. And like one thing I experienced this year, um, among other settings of, of being in groups, um, was a cacao ceremony that I got to take place in for the first time when I was in Phoenix several months ago. And um, just kind of, I mean, we don't, we don't have to, it doesn't have to be with plant medicine or with any certain thing that we can create intentional spaces for humans to connect. But I, I think it's really exciting all the things that we're, we're seeing where people are creating intentional spaces for connection with connection at the forefront of the goal or, or kind of um, the end the end goal or the, the purpose of convening or being in groups together of like, all right, let's get a group together and let's do this activity together or do, and it can be, you know, even like yoga, for example. I'm part of a group in Phoenix called Higher Self Friendly where we're uh, holding, you know, meditation spaces and yoga classes to help um, all people connect with their higher self. It is aimed more towards uh, or with the, the needs of the LGBTQ community in mind, but it's, it's open to everyone. And um, so I guess I guess what I'm saying is there's so much already going on. And then there's also spaces in people and communities that are not 
not involved in these connection spaces as much or maybe don't know that they're available or maybe still don't feel safe going into them for whatever reasons and and looking at that and um, kind of continuing to build those spaces and make them even bigger and um, continuing to connect with other people, whether it's breathwork workshops or cacao circles or, um, you know, I had an experience as well this year. I got to do a sweat lodge, the beautiful Mm. friend and guide. And um, just there's just so much there. And I think we're seeing that of humans kind of returning to many of the ways that our ancestors did connect with each other or did sit in circles or in communities. And I think the potential for where we can keep going with that and need to keep going with that is just deeper. Like we can, I mean, really we can, hypothetically, you could create a connection circle or space with other people around anything, right? It could be like, Mm. let's all get together today and go to the park or let's all participate in a puzzle or let's all have you know poetry reading together all these things and that is happening in a lot of different ways and so it's exciting to see people exploring like what's an interest of mine that I've already had but now I want to go find like-minded folks and go experience this space of deeper connection and I think when you enter that space of connecting with other people and set an intention to like show up as your highest self and allow that connection and resonance to occur and kind of surrender to the experience and just know that what's going to come out on the other side of being in a group of people who are all there with the desire to connect so deeply it's like yeah there's nothing like it in the world it's human connection is so so powerful so I think continuing the dialogue with each other and with ourselves around like what am I desiring out of connecting with others and what feels safe and where are my boundaries and am I doing the like energetic and physical upkeep to make sure that like my energy that I'm putting out there into the world is is like like I can afford to give out energy because my own cup is filled that kind of thing again so um I guess like, you know, I one thing this year is I developed a a dance workshop that I'm really passionate about that's not anything too complex, but it just kind of, um, you know, moves through a series of songs and postures, but it helps people come into their bodies and kind of develop some basic stuff around boundaries. And I think like if we're showing up into these connection spaces with that in mind and and again with this deeper deeper intention to connect way deeper and also looking at like you you know you asked about like what do I think the future in 2022 looks like I think there's going to be a lot of people moving into communal spaces creating gardens together living off the grid like getting land together doing whatever and and I think it's important to look at that from like a sustainability with the earth um perspective and it's important to look at a sustainability with each other perspective and connecting Mm. deeper and um trusting that like we're gonna get we're we're gonna find the places and the communities and the spaces that we're meant to be in in 2022 and like can step into our highest self and our deepest calling and service to humanity 
and that when we have a space where we're deeply connected with other people and valuing connection really deeply, it just gives us that foundation to go even higher with what we can create and experience in this world. So Was there any pieces I missed or didn't touch on? <laughs> I mean, I think there's a hundred more pieces yeah, we that we could everywhere. touch on, but <laughs> uh, yeah. no, that was that was great. That I think the only ma- the main thing I wanted to reflect back is just to thank you for highlighting that that these spaces for human connection in kind of a different container do already exist there are more and more of them popping up Uh, there are more and more alternatives to typical human connection spaces Mm -hmm. that still are the most prevalent Mm -hmm. in our society and again not to judge that or say they're Mm -hmm. wrong bad or anything like that Mm -hmm. Um, but i think there are probably more and more people looking for something different Mm -hmm. or not wanting to be limited to certain specific contexts and how they can experience socializing and human connection with others. Mm, thank you. Yeah, there's one more thought I'll throw in there because I just remembered the the piece that you or the speaking to that piece around connecting with alcohol. Thank you for that. And you're right. And I think again, this like takes me back to thinking like, wow, how resilient are human beings? Because like we're continuing to evolve and adapt and be like, okay, so this space is a space where we could connect and like you said it it's not about shaming or judging or saying that it's like bad to connect with other people in in a bar setting or with alcohol or anything i think more so i'm looking at at, at it the way that that kind of highlights human behavior and the human desire for connection is it's like it doesn't matter what like what avenues or what options we have or what exists and it's like part of the human spirit that wants to connect and is always going to find a way to connect is always going to find a way to connect. Mm -hmm. So if the only thing that our society or communities have available to them is like, well, there's the local watering hole. Like, yeah, people are going to be going there and people are going to be connecting. And yeah, it might not be ideal to have to use or feel like one has to use alcohol, like to lower inhibitions or like as, you know, a social lubricant, but like like people are like humans are just so resilient and we're so wired for connection that we're going to find it's like a a little you know mice or rat finding its way through the maze to the cheese it's a funny analogy to use but it's like the cheese is connection and feeling seen and heard and witnessed like that is what we're here to, to do and experience as human beings so it's like it's exciting when we start putting the human experience at the top of the priorities like you said it's like imagine all the possibilities like Mm. it's limitless so yeah pause there yeah yeah i I love that and i think that's such a great note to end on of there's so much that can be built upon even just a small group of deeply connected humans. And like when I think back to like 
the most challenging times in my life. Um, there's kind of like two different things that got me through. One was my continued dedication to my mission and purpose and, and you know, my relationship with myself. I think that is a very, very important piece and probably the foundational piece of, to start. It's like if I don't have a relationship with myself, mm-hmm. then I actually don't really know how to have a relationship with other people. Mm-hmm. But then the other, you know, equally important component in very many ways is is there's been certain people in my life who I have a deep connection with that have supported me in moving through those challenging Mm -hmm. spots and continuing to support me to become more of who I am Mm -hmm. and and that is so important and I feel like our society would just benefit from more opportunities for us to build those deeper connections with other humans that a lot of people don't have the fortune of of having too many of those type of connections. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a, a post the other day, I think it was from Aubrey Marcus, and mm-hmm. he was talking about, you know, if you were to just take a, a, a journal page and just write freehand, you know, just your most like vulnerable the most vulnerable pieces uh, of, of what's coming up for you right now. And now think about sharing that with someone. Is there even one person who you know you could share that with and you would feel safe to do so? And a lot of people, the answer is I don't really have anyone who I could share like my deepest, most vulnerable parts of myself with. That's unfortunately a lot of people's answer um, in our society today. And, you know, maybe not even their partner. Um, and, and you know, I, I'm fortunate that I actually have uh, a number of people who I could really share some of those most deep, vulnerable parts. And, you know, I think that I just I just have a feeling that if, if we had more of those deep connections, if every human had at least five people they could share anything they needed to with. Mm-hmm man, what a different society that would be. Man, how different would we view our problems mm-hmm. and our struggles and our challenges and, and how much deeper compassion and empathy would we have for other people mm-hmm. that we don't default to this place of like blame or judgment or, or mm-hmm. trying to tear others down, but rather like, yo, like, how can I support you? You know, mm-hmm. wow, like, I really feel you. Like, you really must be hurting there. Like, mm-hmm. How, how can, you know, what support do you need to, like, move through that and to um, overcome that current challenge? Like, mm-hmm. I think the power of, of human connection, like, genuine, deep human connection can't be understated. I Like, I feel like we could do anything that we need to as a society mm-hmm. if we could all have just, like, five people who are just like, yo, I'm, I'm here for you no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. Wow. 
Thank you for that. I love that idea. And it's making me like so excited. I'm like, what model can we create and how can we start like now (laughs) to get, you know, creating this, like creating this network. And I think the quote to me came to mind of like, we can only meet others as deeply as we met ourselves. And I really like that. And like the kind of converse of that is like, if we can only meet others as deeply as we've met ourselves, we can meet ourselves through meeting with others deeply. If you like kind of rearrange, right? Like, mm. so it's it's like scary. Like it, that's a scary thought in some ways for me to think about like, whoa, writing all that down on a piece of paper and then sharing that with some people. And yet like some of the most liberating experiences I've had in my life is when I do do that. I go into a space of being like, okay, I'm going to share this like really vulnerable thing. It's probably going to feel really uncomfortable. I have a lot of emotional and even physiological responses that come up for us, right? When we like share that with people and like it it takes courage and an open heart and going there. And I think people knowing like if you knew someone isn't going to judge you or can hold that kind of space, then it's like, you know, when we give people opportunity to do that for us, it's really giving ourselves a gift and it's giving them a gift too. And then like they're going to turn around and interact with other people like in a deeper way. Like I'll just say like and as, a, as an example, I feel really grateful that I have met you and connected with you and like the nature of the way that we drop in together like you can take deep breaths together as we're traversing through some of these like really intense um sometimes really you know painful or vulnerable things that we talked about like earlier today like that's kind of given me a new standard or a new way of looking at connecting with other people and I felt that shift just in like the first few weeks when I had originally met you it was kind of like I was recalibrating how how I was viewing connection in some ways and I think like Mm -hmm that's a cool thing to think about because we can always be doing that. We can always be deepening um, the ways that we connect to other people. So I love that idea. Like Mm. even if people started with three people instead of five, you know, (laughs) like pick your three and then like tell them, hey, this is what we're doing. (laughs) So like if you could give me an hour of time today, you know, and then let that person feel the effects of that and then – that's going to transform probably how they connect with other people and so on and so forth. Yeah. I think the only last piece I'll I'll add to that, I think that's beautiful what you just shared, and that makes me so happy to hear that, like, things have been shifting in you as they have with me. Like, our first conversation was really powerful and impactful and it it really opened up my capacity and 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 what i saw as possible for for human connection um with someone who i've just met having a first conversation with and like how it's less about how long i've known someone and, and it's really more about who they are and what work they've done in themselves and how they're showing up and what how open their energy mm-hmm. is and, and like, you know, if, if I've gone there and I'm willing to go there in myself and myself and likewise you as well, then like we can actually, it, it's not like it actually takes, in a certain way, it's not like it takes time to build a connection. Mm-hmm. It's almost like 
I felt like the connection was just revealed. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. we already had deep relationships with ourselves mm-hmm. and we had certain similar resonant threads of, of connection that just all of a sudden like became more material. Mm-hmm. It's like it materialized and then we were able to enjoy those connection threads that were already like ready to be experienced mm-hmm. within with each other and um and i think the other piece i'll add just is kind of a, a one more practical takeaway is mm-hmm. you know i think this the path to having several people in one's life t- that you can share the more deep vulnerable pieces of oneself is is really doing that with yourself, you know, mm-hmm. starting by literally just writing it down. There's probably so many people who are afraid to even write down mm-hmm. some of the, the deeper, more vulnerable truths about their experience. Um, so I think just writing to start is one step. Mm-hmm. Maybe a next step is going in front of the mirror when nobody's home and just mm-hmm. like vocally speaking that out loud, like maybe just speaking about a traumatic experience that you've had in your past, just to make it more real for yourself and to get more comfortable and to to build capacity within yourself to be able to hold that energy which might feel so big too big at first but you know in my experience like every human that I know um, who's done this type of work like has the capacity to build more capacity mm-hmm. and, and it just takes practice sometimes like just takes practice and I think once you get comfortable sharing a, a difficult truth or experience with yourself, now you mm-hmm. can find one other human. And you're like, man, I think, you know, I'm at least, you know, confident that this person is likely going to be able to hold space well for me. And maybe they won't be perfect and, and maybe you won't come out perfect. But mm-hmm. just like, hey, you know, I, I have this thing that's been weighing on me. Like, it would be okay if I can share that with mm-hmm. you and, you know. Uh, maybe it doesn't go perfect, but no, no, no matter how that person mm-hmm. receives it, hopefully they receive it really well. Mm-hmm. And, and even if they don't, you know, know that you still have yourself and now you get to go back mm-hmm. to your room and just keep getting more and more comfortable. And, and I really believe like when 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 someone is ready, like like there's going to be someone else to hold space for that thing if it's ready to be shared in a bigger mm-hmm. capacity. Mm-hmm. And then you get to be like shell over here at the beginning and, and, and sharing some very vulnerable pieces of your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've built the capacity to be able to do that and to hold that energy within yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and now now you get to really be of even greater service to others and being them being able to witness that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I love that. Thank you. That's so true. It's it's I, like this might be a funny analogy. I'll just like quickly state this and then I, I don't have like too many other things there. But like for me, the the feeling of like the rush that comes when you share something really vulnerable with someone and it is a safe container and it is a safe space and you know that they have the bandwidth to hold space for you and you can go there with them. Like I don't have the words for that kind of feeling. It really does feel like sliding down a water slide of like beautiful like pool water into a huge abyss of a water fountain like that's a interesting analogy to use but it's just a feeling of like free falling into connection and it it can feel really scary but when you also have that pent-up feeling of all that that shame or that fear or that that maybe silence 
or not shedding light on something and then you are able to step over that line and share that with someone and that person is you know a in a space where they can hold space for you and receive it and and witness you and honor the depth of your share and be like can like they don't even have to necessarily do anything other than just listen and be there and they're also they also knew or know that you need to share something deep like i do feel like that's one piece just worth slightly briefly touching on or mentioning is the topic of consent in like before you you know if we are going to share something really deep or really intense or quote unquote gnarly with someone like maybe make sure that they're ready because that's just like a, a nice thing to do out of respect and consideration for them and their emotional cup and their energy and their bandwidth and what they're working with that day it's good to you know check in but like once you have that green light and then you go there together it's like this whole new space of fertile ground and opportunities is created and you just it's just such a release when the 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 topic or whatever is shared is shared it's just like wow then you realize you've crossed over this huge kind of scary thing and like you said then it just it's like where else can we go now like you know and you just you want to keep doing it you want to keep like connecting deeper and deeper and whether that's with other humans and with yourself it's like and then keep evolving that way so it's in healing Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was amazing mm. and I'm so glad that we were able to do this and have the long-awaited follow-up conversation <laughs> to our, our incredibly powerful conversation lost in the ether. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we got to land this one mm. and it's felt super good and Wow, two hours just flew right by, and I'm sure we could have gone for at least two more. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, we'll have to save that for the follow-up mm, at some point. Definitely. Um, just thank you for your vulnerability, for your authenticity, for just, like, sharing your whole heart mm. and, and for being just such a trailblazer in your own right. Mm. Um, I'm really inspired by the path that you walk and the healing that you're doing and the work that you're doing in the world. And, and just like the the energy that you bring to the world and the play and the fun and the smiles and all of that. So like, thank you. Um, I'm really honored to to be your friend and to have this conversation with you. And I'm just so looking forward to more. And mm -hmm. um, also just at the end of this conversation, feeling even more hopeful for mm -hmm. our future and just I have an even deeper faith in humanity and um, yeah thank you for inspiring just an even deeper level mm. of that within me mm. <sighs> thank you so much for having me and thank you for all that and I'm likewise really inspired by you and by all the work that you do and what you put out into the world and 
um, just who you are and your bravery as well going into these conversations. And I also feel really, really honored to be here today and really grateful. And it's a really exciting way to end 2021. It's kind of a rocky year, but I think this is a really, really um, beautiful and profound uh, ending to it. And just, yeah, I'm really excited to yeah have more conversations and I'm grateful for your friendship and that you asked me, asked me to be on here today. And then we got to do this conversation again. And yeah, it's meant to go, go out into the world this time. And that's really exciting. So thank you. Thank you so much. And it's an honor and Hmm. thank you. Yeah. And thank you for all the deep breaths. This is by far the most (laughs) deep breathing I've done in a podcast episode so far. And it felt really good. So you you set a high standard for the deep breaths. (laughs) Glad to hear that. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And something we could all use more of. Yes. Collective deep breaths, exhale, sighs. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Well, thank you, the lovely Rochelle, for, mm -hmm. for joining the program today um everyone please um i'll I'll link um your social media however you want to be connected with in the comments and whatnot um yeah if you want to follow more of her work then please uh, feel free to follow and yeah thanks again for joining and looking forward to next time thank you thank you so much nathan